Hey guys, quick reminder from Press Gallery host Emma Graney to subscribe if you would be so kind from wherever you listen to your podcasts. As always, any questions, comments, concerns, comments about the amazing weather, the royal wedding, shoot me a line. You can email me at egraney at postmedia.com. I'm very, very easy to find on Twitter at Emma L. Graney. Enjoy this week's episode. Welcome to the Press Gallery, the Edmonton Journal's politics podcast. I am your host, Emma Graney. It is Friday, May 18, 2018, and this is the Pipelines with the Political Depth of a Finger Bowl edition. With me today, Dave Breckenridge, how are you, mate? I'm really good. Excellent, really good. That's great. That's, yeah, better than normal. Yeah, I guess. super enthusiastic. Paul Simons. <laughs> good day, Emma. How are you, my love? I'm splendiferous. Diverous. Dang, we're all doing well today. Graham? Good morning. <laughs> How are you? I'm fine. Are you was, at the happy party? Well, there was no big bad traffic this morning. In fact, it's interesting. Friday mornings on in the summertime in Edmonton, there's no traffic. It's also it's a school holiday for a lot well, of families. That's, that's oh, what it so. is. Ah, yeah. Okay, fine. Because it's a long weekend too, Why right? Why is people, it a holiday? Yeah. Well, people take, I'll take the Monday, I'll take the Friday, I'll take oh. a long weekend. No, but it's, it's, it's some kind of day in lieu, I think, in the public school system oh, anyway. So it's, it's a PD day, as we call well, it. Not even oh. a PD day. There's no, like, there, it's a, they get a day in lieu. There's two things. There's a non-instructional day this weekend. I, I say that I have two kids uh, in the school system. There's a non-instructional day, and then there's a teacher's day in lieu. So I think there's some huh. work teachers huh. working at the school but not teaching. Well, and that then, traffic today, there was no traffic today. Yeah. Can we get a journalist day in lieu, do you reckon, Dave? <laughs> Every um, day is a journalist in lieu day. <laughs> No, that's a journalist in the loo. That's a different. That's a different situation. <laughs> that sounds like the uh, sounds like the emails I get from <laughs> dear readers. Um, we're going to talk about the recent pipeline developments because, of course, what else would we be talking about this year? Every week, there's something, isn't there? So we're going to talk a little bit about Bill Twelve passing, which is the turn off the taps legislation. We're also going to talk about an, some federal commitments, some cash, some real cash money, kind of ish, but not really, but maybe. And finger bowls. And finger bowls that we we're going to talk and about. Cocktail, can we have cocktail napkins to dry our fingers after the finger bowls? As long as we write briefing notes on them first. Uh, we're going to talk about a mysterious prime ministerial visit this week. Why was he here? Nobody knows. And finally, we will talk about those comments uh, that Jason Kenney made about Justin Trudeau. They are not BFFs, you guys. They are not best friends at all. Do not like each other. So let's start off with pipelines because that just seems to be what we do here at the press gallery every single week. Hooray! Uh, Graham, you were paying attention. Was okay. I? <laughs> Graham is not paying attention <laughs> what, this what? second. Yeah, Bill 12 finally passed. This is the turning off the, the taps to BC. Even though it's not worded that way, it is. That is on. its force and effect. Yes. It, that, yeah, that, that it, is. It's, it's the um, keeping Alberta, sorry, keeping Canada's economy strong mm-hmm. act, uh, <laughs> basically. I, you know, I, I blame Stephen Harper for this giving oh, bills of ridiculous, ridiculous names. names. Yeah. I mean, it, it's it's so It's like something out of Orwell. You know, yeah. it's, a, it's the reverse of what's actually yeah. intended. <laughs> uh, yeah, so they passed Bill 12, and this is the one that will... It's interesting, though, even though the government's been careful in the wording not to say it's turning off the taps, the premier said... He, she's prepared to turn, to turn off, turn the, off taps, the taps. Which, of course, is <laughs> I guess the whole legal issue about is it constitutional to, to punish another province. Anyway... Uh, this no, no, is no, but it, 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 the question is, Rachel Notley says, it's, it's constitutional for Alberta to decide how best 
to deploy its resources. Right, which is not the same as turning off the tap. No, it's right. not. No, before very she was, different. She's she very careful, and she actually brought in the bill. She's very careful in the wording. We're being strategic in what we actually send and how we send it yeah. through pipelines versus truck or rail. I think we called it turn off the taps. And, and, and now <laughs> she is tr- saying the very same thing as turning off the taps if necessary. So she's brought in the bill, and the question is, will she actually pull a trigger on this? And that's still a big question as to when she would do it if, in fact, she would actually do this to punish BC because there's all kinds of blowback if she actually does bring in this act and actually use it because it could cause all kinds of problems not only for companies in Alberta but also it could turn people against the pipeline in British Columbia who right now are supporting the pipeline. But if she doesn't use it, it could cause blowback against her in Alberta because she right now she has really, aside from words and a very short wine band that didn't really do anything... (laughs) What has the province done on Trans Mountain? They've talked a good game, and they bring in this legislation, but now the pressure is on her. At what point will she unleash these tools and punish BC? Because the, the deadline is tick-tocking. I mean, yeah. May 31 is a deadline that Kinder Morgan put out there when they said they were going to stop all of the... Right. So the, I mean, so the problem isn't just that she has... I mean, she's not going to change minds in British Columbia. That's not the issue. The issue is, will she change minds for Kinder Morgan's, Morgan stockholders? That's the question. I mean, this isn't a question of BC allowing the pipeline. At this point, it's a question of whether Kinder Morgan decides that it's worth the risk. That's why it's so interesting that Bill Morneau, the federal finance minister, uh, made his announcement this week. And See, what there's, it, what there's, did, there's the segue. What did he tell us, Paula? Well, Mr. Morneau said, don't you worry, Kinder Morgan stockholders and shareholders and board members, because whatever losses you might hypothetically suffer because BC is being naughty, we will make you good and whole. I don't know exactly what that means in terms of what the dollars would be, because how do you calculate lost opportunity costs? But I I think the Trudeau government felt that they had to do something. Something must be done. And this is something. The thing is, Alberta is still willing to buy the whole thing outright. So it's amazing, you know, skills in negotiations when you say to the person (laughs) across the table, if we have to, we'll give you everything. We'll give you (laughs) $7.4 billion. (laughs) And you got Kinder Morgan apparently is the one, according to officials, uh, both uh, according to the media, officials are saying both in uh, Ottawa and Alberta, Kinder Morgan has been really difficult uh, in negotiations. But Kinder Morgan knows just what this means to the federal government and to the Alberta government who are willing basically to build, to buy the thing outright for $7.4 <laughs> billion. Dollars. Yeah, so showing you see, your cards doesn't always exactly. work, does it? Exactly. So it's a problem. <laughs> and, the uh, art of the deal, Graham. Yeah, <laughs> bad deal. So <laughs> the question is going to be, uh, what will the deal come sometime next week? But of course, the federal government and, and Alberta are saying basically failure is not an option here. And Kinder Morgan knows that. Interesting that you had mentioned BC too, because of course um, yesterday we had a hundred Indigenous community and business leaders come from BC to Alberta. They called it the Federation Flight, <laughs> and uh, they rocked up at the ledge. They all had uh, matching Canada scarves on, and then they kind of filed in, and they were meeting with, Ca- with meeting with Notley. A few of them were, and then they all went up the stairwell, and then they had their scarves on. And there were Canadian flags. And then they all just burst out into song, into the Canadian anthem. And then they had their photo taken, and everyone looked so happy and patriotic. And that was the whole point of coming, is that they're like, we're for federation, Canada is together. And they were British Columbians here to say, you do have people out west who support you. You've still got See, friends. But we knew that. I, still, I don't understand what the point of this is. I mean, take this to Victoria. Yes. Right? I mean, like, <laughs> I mean, you don't have to convince Albertans that this is a good idea. Every MLA in the Alberta legislature thinks this is a good idea. I mean, 
why don't you take all these nice people and fly, you know, across that little bit of water to Victoria and (laughs) march on the legislature there. Well, because maybe they wanted a nice trip to Alberta. And actually, when they're having their their photo taken in the stairwell, Rick McIver and uh, Nathan Cooper, who are UCP opposition MLAs, totally photo bombed it. They stood at the back kind of, hey, it's like, how did you guys do that? But I guess they were here. Their idea was they were here to let Albertans know that there are British Columbians who support them. But I take your point. And I've had a lot of tweets and emails saying the exact same thing. Why the hell did they come to Alberta? Go to Victoria, you dummies. Or, you know, oh, that's or, nice. or, or, even, or even to Ottawa. No, 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 that's not what I'm saying. That's what people said to okay, me. As long as well, I would never, I would well, never say I mean, that. I mean, even if they went to Ottawa. But I, I, don't, I just don't understand <laughs> the optics. But, you know, hey, good for the Alberta tourist economy. You fly here and, and eat lunch here and stay in hotels. I'm, I'm, well, they only I'm, stay I'm for a day. I'm, they didn't even stay overnight. <laughs> <laughs> they just literally came for the day. The other piece of it is it's a nice pro-pipeline photo op for the premier. For better or worse, yeah, it, 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 it helps it, shore it helps up her absolutely. Yeah. pipeline credentials to say, hey, we got all these people behind us and I'm doing a good job and don't worry, we're going to get this thing done. We got this. We got this. That was the uh, message on the stairs. But they don't. <laughs> but not they don't. yet anyway. So, of course, it was a nice photo op for Notley, but she does have some issues with uh, folks from her same party, doesn't she, Paula? <laughs> oh, she does indeed. So this is this is the week that uh, Jagmeet Singh, the federal leader of the federal New Democrats, um, who up until now has been kind of trying to walk a tightrope, saying, mm-hmm. "Well, you know, uh, we we were not happy about the process. We you know we're concerned about the process." But he never came right out and said, you know, that he was opposed to the pipeline per se. When Bill Morneau made his announcement. Uh, that the feds would backstop Kinder Morgan. That was when Singh uh, burst onto Twitter and said, no, 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 no. This is, you know, we're now we're holding Canada tech hostage to Texas oil industries. And, you know, this is very bad, very bad, uh, which gave Rachel, I'm sorry, I'm paraphrasing. Dave, Dave, <laughs> Dave do you want to pull up? You've got your phone handy. I turned my phone off because it's not good for the recording equipment. But since you, but since you have your phone there, do you want to pull up the exact wording of Singh's tweet? While Dave is pulling that up, we actually, um, I partnered with the National Post and Vancouver Sun, uh, yeah, Vancouver Sun folks to write a story on this, actually. It was kind of about um, the national NDP relationships. It was a very good story. It had no byline. I thought maybe it was written by our friend Stuart Thompson. Should but, have had a uh, triple byline. That's yeah, interesting. It had no names on it. So. Oh. But it was a very fine piece. I was actually thinking of it was my, my backup good stuff from the gallery. So I'll just sneak it in here and there say it's go. a very good place. Horgan versus Notley versus Singh. So this is the exact wording of Jagmeet Singh's tweet. Thank you, Dave. Liberals are giving Texas oil company Kinder Morgan a blank check while dumping all the risks on Canadians. Rigged process, First Nations and local communities shut out, oil spill threats, science ignored, and now billions on the line. It's clear this pipeline should not be built. Man, why did they up that word count on Twitter, hey? Yeah, that was, all, that was all one 280-character tweet. He used um, every single character, too. And then he did it in French. <laughs> or he did it in French first. Yes, French first and then English. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, this, of course, put Notley squarely... To, cu- to come right out, guns blazing to attack the federal leader of her own party. And she did, too. Mm-hmm. She was, said basically everything in that tweet is, you know, completely wrong. Is, <laughs> is it incorrect, uh, to say the least? Yeah, she was. thing is, though, it, it doesn't do her any harm, I think, to attack the NDP leader no. in Alberta. 
No. So, you know, it may cause a problem for maybe within their own party in some ways, but publicly attacking the NDP uh, federally is to say that we are not part of the, the NDP establishment. I was talking to Jason Kenney about this for that uh, aforementioned uh, National Post piece, and he said if the Alberta NDP is so far off of, this, off of the opinion of the National Party, why don't they disaffiliate themselves? Because currently, right now, you buy a membership to an NDP uh, provincial party or the federal party, you're kind of a member of the entire thing. Everything is one big happy NDP family. And um, and I said to him, well, what, are you politically going to hammer that point then and say, look, they're on, on side with Jagmeet Singh? And he's like, nah, I'm just going to keep on hammering it on with Justin Trudeau mm-hmm. because, of, of course, Justin Trudeau is so much hatred for him in Alberta, this kind of like, you mentioned his name, they hated the big one, they hate the little one as well. And I think that's why he's still concentrating on that. I don't know. I, f- I find this very perplexing. I mean, I mean, there are two things I want to unpack there. One is, should Rachel Notley rebrand herself as the, you know, the Alberta party of goodness instead of, of the Alberta <laughs> NDP party? I mean, they can't call themselves the Alberta party. They've got one of those already. I'm trying to think what name Rachel Notley would give a, a the not Trudeau BFF party? I think they'd lose a lot of their base if they decided to say we're going to rebrand. I think there's still a lot of people who, even if they're pragmatically behind uh, what the Premier is doing in regards to the pipeline, still have a lot of uh, ties and shared beliefs with the federal party. I don't think that they'd want, I don't know. I, I don't see it being a good move for her with her base. Um, and as of right, it didn't hurt her getting elected having that brand tied to her i know it's gotten ugly in the last couple of years but i I don't know if it'd be the the right thing for her to do but the the other half of this is is jason kenny's obsession with justin trudeau i mean Mm -hmm. so we we referred to this at the outset he gave the most extraordinary interview to rick bell of the calgary sun it's it's a fascinating piece because rick bell he didn't give an interview to uh justin trudeau didn't give an interview to graham he didn't give an interview to me he didn't give an interview to don braid the only journalist i think that justin trudeau Dane to speak with was Rick Bell. So the beginning of the column is Justin Trudeau. Rick Bell gives Justin Trudeau a platform in which Justin Trudeau sounds, frankly, person quite reasonable. Uh, and then Jason Kenny comes in and says this, and says that Trudeau doesn't have the foggiest idea what's going on. Quote. I know Justin. He doesn't have a clue what he's doing. This guy is an empty trust fund millionaire who has the political depth of a finger bowl. He can't read a briefing note longer than a cocktail napkin. Okay? So now, Jason Kenny may think that. There may be people <laughs> in Jason Kenny's... You bang on you, I bet your bottom dollar he thinks that. <laughs> what? What is the political... Up, I mean, the political upside of saying that is that you rile up your base. Well, the base is already voting for Jason Kenny. I mean, like he doesn't need to throw red meat to the base. He's got the vote of the base. This makes him look asinine. It makes him look, like, first of all, like if he wanted to fight Justin Trudeau, he could have stayed in Ottawa, run for the leadership of the, of the Conservative Party and fought him federally. I mean, he, he, if, you, if, you, if you're setting yourself up as the premier in waiting, this makes you look, this makes you look absurd. But you forget that many an Alberta premier has made great political hay and got, scored themselves a lot of political points fighting against the prime minister or fighting well, sure, the fight, I, fighting the feds. So, a, a, absolutely, but, but but I don't remember anybody. I mean, this is this is unprecedented. Well, that's, and he's like, not so the this, premier either. This, this is, no, this let's is, not forget. This is part of the. That's part of it. I I I don't like I don't like his comments. I don't like what he said. He he was the one who who wanted to bring decorum back it's, to the yeah, house. He's going to raise it the bar. He's going to raise the bar. Which what a load up. 
Exactly. I think <laughs> Alberta <I>, fertilizer. <laughs> his comments were, I think, they crossed a line into some pretty nasty personal attacks. But at target, hominem attacks is the uh, phrase at, he likes to use that like, he says he doesn't do. Yeah. <laughs> I don't. I won't support what he said. But, but. <laughs> I'm not. But I I don't think that he's doing anything that. Politically, I don't think it's going to hurt. Yeah, it's not going to hurt him. Politi- targeting Trudeau, targeting the prime minister is a storied political strategy in Alberta. And even if he's not the premier, it still makes sense for him to do it. It still wins him points. And I think it wins him points with people who may not be hardline UCP members. It may win him points with people who feel that Alberta is not getting a fair shake on the pipeline or any other issue. The thing is, this to me betrays a thinking in his head that he has written off the NDP. He's going after the federal government. He's looking at beyond the next election. Uh, you saw that in the speech at the convention. Uh, Rachel Notley, a fine, fine person doing the best she can. NDP are not bad people. They have bad ideas. When we talked to him this week about his comments on Trudeau, he made a part of saying, you know, I, um, yes, I'm trying to bring, bring back decorum in the House. The Premier's doing a really good job, at least from her own perspective. People like her. That's fine. But the NDP has got some bad ideas. He doesn't attack the NDP. He'll, he'll attack the federal government. He'll attack Justin Trudeau on a very personal level. To me, in his brain, he is thinking, I've won the next election. The NDP is irrelevant now. And he will take on the federal government because he's actually planning a year in advance to take on the federal government over, over other issues. Because what happened in Alberta at the conservative level, provincially, has got um, repercussions at the federal level. The conservatives are looking at this, not just Jason Kenney and the provincial conservatives winning the next election. It's the springboard federally. So to me, this guy. Oh, so you're thinking when Andrew Shear crashes and burns, he's already he's already planning his exit from Alberta to use the premiership to spring forward him to be I prime minister. I think there's a two step process in his, his head. One is win the next election, and then the, the big the big target then is the federal government, not the Alberta NDP that'll be wiped out. I'm saying what he's thinking. That may not be the well, case. But I think I think that you know if you think about what he's been doing over the last 24 months, he's you know he's setting himself up like, like like the shark who doesn't stop moving. All he's done is take over parties yes. and win leaderships. Yeah, and then it keeps on going. And he tosses aside people who have helped him out, and he can toss them aside. Hello, Brian Jean. Um, and then it goes on to him. Then I think you're right. Potentially, I think in his brain, he's thinking, I'm coming back to the federal scene. Now, I'm getting me ahead of myself. But right now, I think he's looking at a year ahead at least. The the enemy is not the NDP. They're irrelevant. They'll be defeated. The enemy is going to be the federal government and and uh, and Trudeau. That, to me, is why he's doing this. Now, he did not. I don't think he actually meant. I've talked to people in the, in the UCP. Kenny did not mean to do what he did in a very personal attack, but he won't take it back. He will not walk it back because I think Dave's right. His base would not want him to walk it back. Well, he can't now. I mean, so the question is, I mean, he and Rick Bell have had a relationship as as subject and object for a long time. Um, Did he intend for Rick Bell to put those words in the paper on the record i don't know <laughs> but you're right now, now now that it's out there i mean you, you you can't walk it back because then you you would look weak and you would look ridiculous so having having seen those words in the paper whether he intended them to be there or not and let's not forget it's a lot easier in alberta to say nasty things about the prime minister i mean 
And I'm, is, I'm not. I'm not. Ex- this, this is a different but kind I'm, of no, nasty. No, no, no. I mean, is, I mean, this is this is nothing that that Lougheed would have said about Trudeau Pair. Yeah. This is nothing that that Klein would have said about Chrétien. I mean, it is one thing to attack policies. It is one thing to say, oh, you know. I mean, every every Alberta premier has a cantankerous relationship with Ottawa. Even even Stelmack did with Harper. Even Klein did with Harper. Yeah. Right. I mean, the, the idea that you beat up on Ottawa is as you know, is as old as Alexander Cameron Rutherford. But but this this degree of personal venom and the kind of snideness of the attack, I mean, this is this is truly unprecedented to say to say this publicly. Which I said earlier. <laughs> but even even when uh you've got like Brad Wall and Rachel Notley, they would have tips every now and again. It would generally be Brad Wall just, you know, throwing you know, hurling little bombs over here this way, but it never got personal. No, not like, not like this. I mean, this is really... Well, it's a pettiness. It shows a pettiness, uh, I think, in Jason Kenney. Um, you, know, you think back to a few years ago with um, Thomas Lukasik and the infamous... Oh, yeah. um, <laughs> the infamous reply email. all email. I about that. The, uh, oh, when, no. <laughs> when Kenny called uh, Lukasik a complete and utter asshole in an email that was sent to every member of the Conservative <laughs> caucus and <Oops>. staff. <laughs> Awkward. Yeah, I think it just shows that you know, Kenny has, even though he talks about being civil and bringing decorum back to politics, um, yeah, he, he has a side of him that is not decorous or um, civil. But he was always, like, when, he, when they were in opposition in Ottawa, he, was, he wasn't nasty in the House, but he was the attack dog in the House. He was... Stephen Harper's pit bull in during question period as a, as an opposition yeah, member. This that, is that's that, part that's part of his political personality. I think, but that's but that's fine. Again, to go after people on policy, especially when you're in opposition, is perfectly legitimate. But I think the kind of language he used to Rick Bell betrayed a pettiness of mind, and it's. I mean, he clearly meant it to be funny at some level, but it's, you know, it. It, it's a tired thing to say, oh, you know. I mean, our, our Malcolm Mays drew a fabulous cartoon after the last federal election that showed Kenny and Harper looking all beat up with the line, imagine if he had been ready. <laughs> um, you know, the more you say, oh, he's just pretty, it's just his hair, he's just, you know, he's rich and shallow. I mean, in the meantime, he kicked their butts yeah. in the last federal election. But it's something um, that's that's stuck through various polls since he won that he still displays a certain shallowness on policy that Kenny's tapping into something that people feel again I'm not excusing the comments that he made I think they crossed the line and they were hurtful personal attacks that we don't that in Canada we don't think are necessarily part of our politics but he's he's also tapping into a a perception of the prime minister that has stuck with him that he is a shallow guy it's interesting the words that Kenny used you know, as, uh, the analogy and the metaphor, a finger bowl and cocktail napkins. It's not like, this is not an everyday <laughs> well, and I analogy, this, this right? Is my, this is my, fa- my, my favorite part of this whole thing is Brian Mason. is like yeah. sort of this, I am Brian the Mason, house leader, man, Brian Mason. Of, man of the people. Real Albertans don't use finger bowls. <laughs> <laughs> I worked at Applebee's and we served riblets to people. And we gave them a finger bowl. It is not a high-class thing. It's for people who make a mess when they eat. 
But of course, this did give Trudeau the opportunity in New York to look very regal and say, oh, you know, my father raised me better. I, you know, I'm not even going to dignify that with a response. That is true. So what happened then? Um, it was interesting because I think Jason Kenney, the day before he said that, said about the, the NDP, when they go low, we go high. And then he goes and shits on the prime minister. And then the prime minister goes... I'm just soaring above it all. <laughs> Speaking of the Prime Minister, he was, of course, here this week. Now, it's a bit a shame Clancy isn't here, uh, Claire Clancy. She covered his visit and was just as confused as everybody else as to why exactly Justin Trudeau was here. Because he refused to take questions from the media. As I say, only, only, Rick, only Rick Bell was the special snowflake who got to speak with the Prime Minister. So he was in Edmonton ostensibly to announce funding for a much-needed uh, underpass on 50th Street so that anybody like Dave, who has had to wait <laughs> for a very, very, very long time for the train... Dave's just shaking his head. Ah, that damn train. Yeah, that... You know, I, I got into an argument on Twitter about it. and Because oh, uh, no. people, people who live in the West End were like, well, where's our underpass? Where's our flyover for the Terwilliger? <laughs> that train has been a problem since before Terwilliger existed as a neighborhood that i grew up in capilano i spent a lot of time waiting uh, for trains to pass along 50th street that should have been dealt with ages ago i'm you know whatever the reason it trudeau didn't need to be here to announce that amarjeet so he could have announced that yeah. somewhat like i don't i don't get why trudeau was here for that but i will give them credit for fun for offering funding to fix that problem but why was the prime minister here that I, I still don't understand because i I, un, I know that the next day there was a pipeline stuff coming and at which point uh justin trudeau went down to calgary i think as yeah. well but it doesn't i just don't why was he here <laughs> well i mean clearly i mean he values amarjeet sohi being in caucusing cabinet sure, yeah. they want to keep, they want so he to be able to rewin that seat right. um so he not only was making the uh, the underpass overpass announcement but he also showed up at a gurdwara there was a major Sikh festival this week and he oh, yeah, had a gurdwara appearance it was that in millwoods wasn't it yep yeah, and it's, so i mean this is this is to shore up sohi um, who, you know, was a popular city council in his own right, but they know that this is going to be a, a tough one uh, election in the a tough, tough battle in the next federal election. And every time uh, Trudeau has shown up in Millwoods, which he has done more than once, I mean, teenage girls scream like they've seen the Beatles. Uh, so that is true. I have seen that happen. Yeah. So, you know, I, I think that's that's part of what that was about. But it's true. A lot of people said, you know, it's nice federal money. It's not a huge amount of federal money. And I think when he went down to Calgary, there were a lot of expectations in Calgary that he was going to announce, you know, something major for the Olympics, yeah. and that did not happen. Didn't they just reannounce Green Line funding for yeah. their LRT? Yeah. I, so like, you know, so they, these were not these were not huge announcements, uh, but I think this is a, a show the flag kind of thing. And then he he was dashing right off to NYU to get an honorary doctorate to go with his finger bowl collection. <laughs> so, but here, so he was here to help shore up Amarjeet Sohi. Did he not do something nice for Randy Boissonneau? Well, to- he, he made the announcement about the funding for Mill Woods while standing in Boissonneau's riding at City Hall. <laughs> well, it, like the train crossing isn't in either of their ridings. It's in Linda Duncan's riding. So he was at the. He was at yeah, the, but I think a lot of people in Millwood. Oh, will I know, be, I know, I know. Be grateful. But yeah, so there's you know, but he didn't make any special appearance for constituents in Boissonneau's riding. Is it just do they not care about Randy Boissonneau at the federal level, or does he think that he has a better chance of winning in a very central urban riding? I, I don't know. Well, I mean, he was in Boissonneau's riding. That was where he made the announcement, and he was in Boissonneau's riding the last time he was here when he did the town hall. 
Okay. So there's there's that. But I think it, there's also been some speculation that Linda Duncan is not going to run again in Edmonton Strathcona. There's been some speculation around City Hall that maybe Don Iveson would like to run in Duncan's old riding. In which case that, but bum, bum, bum. we we never know. Everybody's got everybody's got their eyes on the prize. I, I will say that this led to my favorite Twitter moment of the week, in which Don Iveson, who's been off in Singapore on some kind of trade junket, uh, announced his joy at the fact that the train was coming by making a little Twitter video in which the word that ended ing was bleeped out by the sound of a train whistle. And he said, I'm so glad we're not going to have to deal with that train anymore. So, <laughs> okay, super fun. <laughs> Let's move over to our regular segment, Good Stuff from the Gallery, in which we recommend things we have read or seen or listened to lately that we think you may also enjoy, dear listeners. Breck, you want to kick us off, mate? Sure. It's been funny. I've been trying to catch up on my, my book reading as opposed to my news reading or podcast listening when I've been on the bus. And so what I'm, my big focus right now is uh, a really interesting retelling of Shakespeare's Macbeth. It's part of a series of novels, uh, Shakespeare... Shakespearean plays retold by famous novelists. Uh, there's been oh, one neat. previously done by Margaret Atwood. This one is Macbeth as retold by uh, uh, Nordic noir thriller writer Joe Nesbo. And it's set in this mythical city of, uh, of Fife. And um, all the characters are police officers. I, like I say, I've been trying to avoid news on my, my bus and train ride into work. So my big focus right now has been this book. And it's a very good, <laughs> gripping retelling of uh, this famous Scottish play. Excellent. Paula, what do you have for us? Well, I've been spending far too much time watching Michael Cohen, Donald Trump news. So I'm not going to recommend that because you can find it anywhere. I'm going to recommend a really interesting piece I, I came across this morning by Canadian journalist Joanna Chu in Foreign Policy magazine about... The impact of the behavior of uh, Western journalists in Asia, she calls them uh, sexpaths. Uh, and it, it's a really interesting piece about the sexism and racism of white, white male journalists working in Asia and the way they take advantage of female colleagues, female translators, uh, and what that does to shape the kind of coverage we get out of Asia from Western correspondents. So a really powerful piece. A white man taking advantage of something. That seems weird, Paula. Huh. Hey. No wonder it's a story. Wait a minute. <laughs> I'm going re to recommend an opinion piece from the Washington Post called My Wedding Gift to Meghan and Harry. I'll be sitting this one out. I liked this a lot. It's an opinion piece written by a journalist about why she's not going to write about the royal wedding. She's going to give them some peace and quiet. But, but she she's just writing wrote about, about it. the royal wedding. <laughs> I know. After this one column, she's sitting it out. That's basically what of she course, said. Of course, Emma's a big, big fan of the royals. Well, I liked it because it made me laugh. And, of course, I will be watching the royal wedding. Probably not live. But last time I watched it, I was living in Newfoundland. And I made gin cocktails. And we drank them out of a teapot. And I wore my wedding dress and made coronation chicken pies. And Queen of Puddings, little tiny queens. And Emma, you're the first one on, on your block to actually have a, a mug from, from the royal That's right. I did. Engagement. I, because Graham got me a royal there engagement mug from London when he went. I spent two days Graham's looking for that. a great colleague. I spent two days looking for that damn thing. <laughs> they were sold out everywhere. Um, Graham, my, what do you have for us from good stuff from the this gallery? Is, uh, speaking of um, Donald Trump, this is a piece from CNN on what to watch for in the Mueller probe. 
Um, just like I, I've not been following it day to day, but this is actually showing you what's happened in the last year and what actually to watch for now in terms of you know uh, Trump if he's going to be called to testify or at least um, give evidence. The thing is, though, as I called it up, CNN news alert: at least eight people dead in yeah. Texas school shooting. Man, yeah, oh I saw man, that this oh morning. Went really. Yeah, Another and did one. you see Trump's response? He tweeted, "You know, not looking good." Oh, for fuck's sake. Yeah, no, it's 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 very upsetting. This is a, a high school outside of Houston, uh, and the news this morning is really horrible. And Wait, on that note, yes, and various like gun pro gun people showed up outside the school to to you know insist on their right to bear arms while the the site is still being uh, contained. It would America, what a place! Guys, thank you so much for joining me. Uh, there is no video this week, but you can find all of the episodes of the Press Gallery at edmontonjournal.com. Dave Brackenridge, Paula Simons, Graham Thompson, thank you again for stepping up this week on this beautiful sunny Friday, and hopefully you will join us again this time next week for more Press Gallery.